Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. Bridget, how was your week? It was good. Celebrated Thanksgiving. How was it? What was your favorite thing you ate? It was good. You know what I loved about it this time is we didn't do a traditional Thanksgiving. I'm not a big, I know this, this is, this is unfavorable to people, but I don't love (laughs) Thanksgiving food. Like I'm not a big turkey person. I mean, I can have a little bit, but I'm not like interested in turkey in any way. I don't like stuffing. I don't like like the sweet potatoes with all that like marshmallow stuff on top. I don't do cranberries. Like I just, (laughs) do you like pie? I like pie. Well, and I'm picky about pie too. I love pumpkin pie, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't eat the pecan or pecan, however you want to pronounce it. That's Zach's favorite. I always make him that every year. The pecan. Yeah. How do you say pecan <laughs> or pecan? I say it both ways. I go back and forth. It just depends on what my mood is. Yeah, I don't. I never know. And like some people get really like testy about it. So I'm like pecan, pecan, however you want to say it. Well, I think one of them is like the southern way to say it. Pecan. That's like the Southern, I think. <laughs> Correct yeah. us if we're wrong, guys. So um, so we did a non-traditional. I mean, it wasn't so anti-traditional, but it wasn't like Thanksgiving. So it was. Um, we had a honey-baked ham, which I do Yum. love those. Uh-huh. And macaroni and cheese, which I love that. Yum. Creamed spinach, I don't do, but everyone else loves that. Yeah. And then like um, cornbread and crescent rolls and then pie, pumpkin and um, pecan. Pecan. Yum. <laughs> and, and then a whole bunch of like appetizers during the day. That's actually my favorite part. Like all the like appetizer stuff. So yeah, I like snacks, that too. Chips and dip and like the little puff pastries. Deviled eggs. Deviled eggs. We had those. Yeah, those are the best. <laughs> it's funny because I don't love eggs. I know people are going, Jesus, she's so picky. <laughs> I don't love eggs, but Nick's mom does a really good deviled egg. And so I, I always have to have at least one, but the guys, they eat like them by the half dozens or more. Yeah, I would if I had a bunch around for sure. (laughs) How about you? What was your Thanksgiving like? Well, the day before Thanksgiving, we had a big baking day. So like I made the pecan pie, pecan pie for Zach. And then the kids made rainbow has a specialty pie that she invented years ago when she was really little. It's a strawberry pineapple pie. So we did that and Forrest did a pumpkin pirate pie. And, and then, um, on Thanksgiving day, we had it over at my kid's dad's house and he has just a ton of people over like a big Thanksgiving event and he had it catered and stuff. So it was, I love that. Yeah. And do you go there for Thanksgiving then? I do. Yeah. We're starting, we're getting to a point where we're starting to like split up the holidays because we've been divorced for like four years now, but Thanksgiving, I still do. I think that's so cool that you guys are able to do that. Yeah, I'm really, really lucky because people ask me for advice on the, all the time on like co-parenting and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I just got really lucky because the thing is like, you always want to do what's best for the kid, but I know not everybody has that going on. Like there might be a partner who's like angry or bitter or not wanting to do what's best for the kids, but I'm lucky with me and Pasquale. We just both want what's best for the kids. So we just, everything else has always been put aside. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's great. Like um, later in my life, like my um, mom and my stepdad and my dad were all able to do things. And like mm-hmm. now we're all able to do things. But there was a time where that was like not not cool, you know, and yeah. I know so many people where that is not cool. They would rather be struck by lightning than like yeah. see their ex <laughs> for Thanksgiving, you know. That's so great that your family kind of came together, though. Yeah. 
like parent trap almost, like not quite, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to the point where we can actually all go on vacations together to like visit my brother. My dad will fly with us and we all stay in the same hotel, like do the same trip. I love that. So you guys, we did a really fun interview for you today. We brought on Carmela de Cesar Garcia. She was Playmate of the Year in 2004. She went on to work for WWE for a while. And we really wanted to bring her on because the last episode we reviewed for you guys was season one, episode four, What Happens in Vegas. And we went to Vegas for her birthday. Yeah. And it was a fun episode. And I was like, I miss her so much. Like we need to talk to her. And I started talking to her and then we're like, she has to be on the show. I know. One thing I love about this podcast is it's been such a great excuse to get back in touch with everybody. Yeah. It's funny. Like it doesn't seem like it's been as long as it as it has been. And it's so interesting how you can talk to somebody you haven't talked to or seen in a really long time and just pick up where you left off. Like no time has passed. So you guys, we had an amazing conversation with Carmela. We talked all about her time as a playmate, playmate of the year, being on a reality show called Who Wants to Be a Playboy Playmate, working for the WWE, all the things. So let's get started. Carmela. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so, I'm so grateful that you, that we got in touch and I'm excited to, to be on. Yes. Yeah, me too. So we have so many questions for you. And we've had so many fans that have submitted questions for you too. People want to know what you're up to. People have questions about so many different aspects of when you were there. So I thought we'd just go over like everything from the start. Like, Okay, it's been a long time. How did Playboy even get on your radar in the first place? It was so random for me. Um, I was doing just local modeling in Cleveland, which is where I'm from. And, um, there was a, it was right at the start of reality TV when it, when the, who wants to be a playboy, playboy centerfold came out and, um, they had like a random audition downtown. And I know they were going to 12 cities around the country and I was probably 18 at the time. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to go try out. And my, my dad looked at me and he was like, with what? Like with what? Yeah, that's what he said. He goes with what? And I was like, um, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And you know, we, he obviously thought I had no shot at it. I had, um, so anyway, we went downtown and I tried out and it progressed and progressed to where I'd get through one set of interviews and I move on to the next round. And then at that point he was like, Oh shit. Like there's this, this may be a possibility. And, um, I finally got on the show and that was a, a different story in and of itself. But um, I got on the show and flew out to California. And it was being from a, such a small town, landing at LAX was the most intimidating, nerve wracking. I was in a constant state of anxiety, but uh, it ended up not working out that time particularly, but it ended up working out down the road. And I never really went back home other than to visit. Wait, okay, so you you make it. How many how many processes was it to get to that to the get flown to LA? Probably like three or four sets of interviews where you took some photos and then they came to my apartment. I was living in like a one bedroom apartment at the time. They came to my apartment. There was another time where they met my family and then I advanced and moved on to LA, um, which was super as much as I, I wanted to do it, I was very unsure. 
and it was really intimidating competing against the other girls. So it just wasn't for me at the time. And I ended up flying back home to Cleveland and not going on at that point, but then coming out for a mansion party later, which pretty much kicked off my whole Playboy career from that point on. So when you came out to be on this show, I remember I was there living at the mansion when you guys were filming the show across the street and it was all very secretive. Like we didn't know what was going on. And just so the listeners know who wants to be a Playboy playmate was kind of like America's next top model, but for playmates. And there were so many, you know, beautiful women over there. And I remember Carmela, you early on were a favorite of everybody's. Cause I do remember like seeing all the pictures and like half and the editors would have meetings over at the main house and stuff. And everybody was so bummed when you decided to leave. Oh, so I bummed. was so bummed when I left. It was, I felt like I had made a mistake, but at the same time I was so young and I was so scared and I felt like I just needed to be true to myself, but I was very regretful after I left and I was grateful that half had invited me up to a mansion party because then I could kind of really see what Playboy was about because it got, it was a little crazy with like kind of competing with the girls. I felt like people were doing things to get on the show that I didn't want to do. And it just, it made me super uncomfortable. And I just, I felt like a fish out of water. It was just, I was completely out of my element but then regretful at the same time. So I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have gone back and then, you know, been able to be a centerfold and, and continue on with Playboy. Were the other girls pretty friendly or was it, were some of them like really competitive and not wanting to be nice to anybody? I felt like they were friendly, but I, I guess being from such a small town, I was super conservative mm-hmm. and I always hesitate. I always hesitate to talk about this kind of stuff because I feel like today is a very sensitive day and age, sensitive yeah. time to talk about things. And so I never want to say the wrong thing and sound judgmental because I'm not, I'm very, very free spirited. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I could care less what anybody does. I just, um, But speaking from my own personal experience, like the girls were kind of making out in the hot tub. And so I didn't want to do those things and then, you know, feel embarrassed in front of my family or or embarrass my family. And so it was a little bit tricky and I was I was just uncomfortable all in all. And it just I didn't feel like I could bring to the table what some of the other girls could. And um I don't know. I guess being in Playboy wasn't about that. But at the time, that's all I could. I was so hyper-focused on that. And it, it was more about the competition. And I probably just wasn't ready to to compete. No, I understand what you're saying. Because it's not about being judgmental even. It's just sometimes your own boundaries are different from other people's. And sometimes you can feel like you're a fish out of water or, you know. At that time, I'm like, I just, I really want to... I want to get into the magazine being authentic and being myself. And I felt like if I stretched that and pushed those boundaries, then I, I wasn't staying true to myself and it just defeated the whole purpose. Um, so yeah, for me, it was, it was just too much and it was, it was a hard decision to leave. Yeah. And there's an, there's a thing too, when you're on reality TV, sometimes there's an atmosphere, like even on girls next door, it felt this way too, even though it wasn't a competition show. Sometimes you feel just this competitive atmosphere from other people where they really want to make it all about them. And you don't know how to even talk or really make your presence known without being pushy or without feeling like you're competing. It's a really 
weird thing to balance. So I can imagine that would have just felt awkward. (laughs) Yeah. And then you kind of question too, like, who am I, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what do I want to portray? Like, I want to be authentic. I want to be genuine. I want to be myself, but it's also television and you're trying to, you're, you're trying to be the best version of yourself, but you're also trying to kind of make it at the same time. And it, it just becomes the, the lines get blurred. And so you kind of just don't know what to do. And then at the beginning of that, I felt like it wasn't so scripted. Whereas I feel like, you know, as reality TV evolved, it, it, be, it, it lost its authenticity. It just became so mm-hmm. scripted, you know, where in the, be, in the very beginning, it was more um, organic. And I liked that. I just wasn't ready for it. And I didn't know what I just, I didn't know. I'm like, who, who am I? Like, what do I want to portray? And it's like, who knows who the fuck they are at, you know, I'm 18 years old at that point. Exactly. I didn't know who I was, but I know that I didn't want to do anything that I regretted publicly. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's really smart. Cause also you have no idea what they're going to do with that footage or how they're going to edit you. Right. You know, (laughs) that's another thing that's tricky. I think that's one of the biggest problems now, especially even doing interviews, you hesitate to say something because anything that you say can be taken out of context or turned around. And it is scary because Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll take a lot of criticism. It's a very, very larger cities and places outside of home. And so I was, I had this just internal battle where I wanted to go and I wanted to, to make it. And I, but I didn't want to compromise myself. Like I wanted to make it authentically. I wanted to make it and, and just be me. And so uh, I, I think it was, I think it was half inviting me to a mansion party. Do you and remember what point, party it was? It was probably like Halloween or Midsummer's. Mm-hmm. It was so, I can't even describe how I felt about the parties. It was so different than anything I'd ever experienced and where I came from. And it was exciting. It was surreal. It was completely surreal. So at that point, it was very difficult to turn back. And I don't know if you know this, but he asked me if I had second thoughts and I said yes. And so I was going to do a test shoot in LA that same weekend that I did, that I went to the party. And so I flew out there, went to the party, had a blast had a whole photo shoot, I think, set up with Arnie Freitag and, you know, Sarah or it was Kimberly. Somebody was there, the makeup, hair, everything. And I bailed. I bailed oh, again. I didn't <laughs> know that. Oh, my bailed. God. Oh, I did. Why? I felt like why? the biggest loser. I had such an anxiety attack. Here he <laughs> hired everybody. And they're all sitting there waiting like, are you going to get to the studio? And I'm like, I'm on a plane right now. Like I'm headed back to Ohio. And I went home and I'm shocked that he had enough patience to allow me to even come back. And so then the worst part was when I decided again, I think I wrote half a letter saying I really would appreciate the opportunity and I'd love to shoot. And I said, but not in LA. And he must've been thinking like, who is this nutbag? (laughs) Like, what do you mean not in LA? Like, this is where people go to do, you're like, you're shooting a centerfold. And so I'm like, I I don't, I don't want to go to LA. And so he's like, all right, well, you'll go to Chicago. And so I went to Chicago and I spent a whole week on Lakeshore. I shot this beautiful centerfold. They put a million dollars in diamonds on me. They had security (gasps) come in and put, where is this centerfold? I need to see it. He threw it in the garbage. (laughs) He threw it in the trash. He said, True story. 
threw it in I the just trash. passed out. Oh, I'm, I was dead. So I, and you know how grueling it is. Most of America doesn't recognize that shooting a centerfold, I'm not going to say it's the hardest thing in the world. It's not the easiest thing in the world. You are stuck in a position, in the same position, for eight hours a day for about seven days. And you, by the time your shoot is done, you can't walk, your back hurts, you're kinked. It's like, you can't sleep. There's so many things that are going through your, your head. It's, it's exciting. It's terrifying. It's, it's everything. So they, they bring in all these diamonds and securities, putting them on me and taking them off me and half takes one look at it and he go and he throws it in the trash and he goes, it's too old for her. She's like the girl next door. She needs to come to LA. And after spending a week shooting the centerfold, I'm like, I am not about to go home right now. I'm going to LA. And I, and I did, I flew out there and I thought, I'm not going to test this man any further than this because he's going to tell me to go screw myself. And, and I'm going to be in Cleveland for the rest of my life, which wouldn't have been a bad thing. But like I said, I, I wanted, I wanted more. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like shooting in Chicago? Because they weren't shooting very many centerfolds when we were there. And we're so curious because we don't know what the studio was like there or anything. It was nice, but it was old school. Like it wasn't, I felt like it was having a Blackberry when everyone else has an iPhone. <laughs> it just wasn't, um, they, they weren't current. They weren't caught up with the times. Like the makeup was, and I don't want to criticize anyone, but it was so, so heavy and kind of like 90 ish. Like it wasn't caught up with the current times. Like once mm -hmm. I, I, and I didn't understand it until I went to LA. And then when I got there and I, and I started working with Kimberly and Sarah Cranham, I, it just was a completely different ball game. And the photographers, Steve Weta, Arnie Freitag, they're all so incredible. And there are a few of those photos on the internet. And when you look at them and compare it's like night and day. Wow. You know what I remember about your centerfold that they had to retouch out is it had a Britney Spears poster in the background. Do you Did remember they that? retouch that? I can't remember. Yeah, because they had to take it out just because it was a Britney Spears photo and they didn't have like the permission to use it. So they put something else, like some collegiate thing. Oh, I, I didn't. <laughs> once I saw the centerfold, I, I wasn't thrilled because especially at that age, like I wanted to be older. Like I wanted yeah. to be sexy and I wanted to be a woman and you're just not you're 18 and 19 and and he had this whole locker room you know situation going on and I'm like <laughs> I don't want to wear like socks and eat pizza in this in this photo here they had me like with a sprite can and I'm like eating pizza and then I'm in a bowling alley for the playmate of the year I thought they were so cute they're cute though they are right they're cute I, I love like, them I don't want to be cute I want to be hot like I I want to be Carmen Electra right now yeah, that's how it is. I feel like when you're in your late teens, early 20s, or at least it was like this for me too, like I wanted to be super glammed up. Like yes. I thought if you weren't in the full hair and makeup and jewelry and stuff, then it wasn't that hot. But then you get older, you can look back and really appreciate, appreciate. the beauty of just youth. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, totally. Because now I look back and it's like, you know, in the later years I did photo shoots and they're like, no makeup, less makeup, like less is more. It makes you look mm -hmm. older. And I'm like, hold on. This is like a, <laughs> you know, it's a little, <laughs> little tough, but especially, I mean, and for me getting older, I turned 40 this year and that was super hard for me. And I'm sure I'm going to look back when I'm 50 and be like, I should have shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it just, it was, it was very, I, I just wasn't quite ready for it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I always have like this list of everything I wanted to do. And if it's not all checked off by a certain age, I'm like, mm. 
Yeah. (laughs) Carmela, I remember, um, and I don't know which occasion that you were out with us, but it was the first time you like came out to the club with us and we were standing (laughs) by each other. I think we sat by each other in the limo and then we were standing by each other outside and I'm pretty sure it was Barfly. And I remember you being like, um, I'm so nervous. Like, yeah. what is going on right now? Like, because we're lining up to tell all these pictures, and you're like, how many pictures are we going to take? I'm so nervous. What's it happening? It was bizarre. It was so much. Talk about like one extreme to the next. Being from this teeny tiny town where we go to the bar in our sweatpants and Uggs, and it's just, and, and all of a sudden, I'm, you know, at these nightclubs and on these like red carpets, and it was so intimidating. And I don't know if you guys remember, but I was thinking of this story earlier. And I, it's funny you say barfly, cause I think that's where it was. And there was a bunch of us at the time that was probably like nine of us. And you know, we'd stand behind like the red rope, like they'd have us all roped off and security was like, had lined everything. And then people would just stare at us. Like it was like deer in <laughs> headlights, like everybody would just stare. And I'm like, like a wax museum. Yes. And I'm like, this is like insane. Like what is going on here? And all of a sudden, two of Hef's girlfriends like start like going at it. I almost died. And I'm like, fish out of water. I'm at this club with Hugh Hefner and all these like amazing blondes. People are staring at us. We got like a red rope and shit. And I'm like, and all of a sudden these two start going at it. And I look over at Holly and Holly is just having the time of her life. Like this did not even phase you. You're dancing. You know what? Like- I don't think I saw it though. Cause I feel like I would have remembered cause I don't remember that happening. Like at the club, I feel like I just must've been on another level, but I really didn't get along with those girls also. So I was probably yeah. just like, like this, like, blinders on. I mean, you were just dancing and having the time of your life. <laughs> and I remember looking at you and I was scared because half took both of their heads and like pushed them together. Ew. And, and I'm like, this was like a shit show. I'm like, these people are like taking pictures of us and he's so angry. And it was the only time I've ever seen him angry. Wait, I'm, I'm sort of remembering this, Carmela. Yes. That's crazy. They I remember the heads in- being pushed together. Yes. He pushed her head. And I was like, and these people are just like, taking pictures probably with these like throwaway disposable cameras. Cause I don't think we had iPhones or anything at the time. And I'm just like, I hear I come from Cleveland and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I was scared to death. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. Well, that was just that normal so behavior funny. from that, the, those people. Oh, it was a total like a definition of shit show. Oh my God. And Holly, remember how, um, I think it was last week's episode when you were talking about how a lot of times when they were on their ups or when they, when they were on their ups, you were on your downs. And when they were on their downs, you were on their, you were on your up. Yeah. I think I said that on one of our Patreon episodes, there was this dynamic with one of the mean girls and she and I just did not get along like direct rivalry. Like she wanted me out of the main girlfriend spot. She wanted me replaced. And every time we would go out, depending on who, like we would always be in opposite moods. Like if I was in a good mood for whatever reason, she was pissed. Or if she was in a good mood, I was pissed. Like it never equaled out or was the same. It was like a seesaw. It was like always opposite. But I feel like that might've been what was going on that night. She was in a bad mood and having like a problem with somebody else in the group. And so you were like on top of the world, like having a great night. You were so happy and just like, it didn't even (laughs) phase you at all. Like you, you handled it so well. And I was so afraid and I'm like, 
what do I do right now? And it's, (laughs) you know, and every time we'd walk out of the club, there was like TMZ and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, we're going to be on TMZ right now. Like, I don't know. Do you remember, do you remember the first iteration of TMZ? It was called Hollywood uncensored and it was on E and they would like, it would be people with like the cameras. Yeah. But that's, they'd be waiting for us every time we Mm -hmm. got out of the club. And I'm just like, Oh, we cannot be getting in like, fights with each other right now. Like like, what are we doing? Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, it was a trip. (laughs) What was the whole, I know you talked about how it was like to test in Chicago, but like, what was it like testing in LA? And like, what was like, how did you feel? Like, did you feel glam? I know we talked about it being uncomfortable and stuff, but was it, did you feel glamorous and excited? And I did. I mean, I felt, I felt glamorous and I did. It just was a really exciting experience altogether. But I always wanted, felt like I always wanted to be a playmate, like as an adult. And I just felt like the whole theme of my, um, whether it was my centerfold or the playmate of the year, it was just this young college girl thing. And so I always, you know, on the cover of the music issue. So I was April 2003 and then Carmen Elect, that was a music issue and Carmen Electra was on the cover. And I'm just, I felt so envious of her because she had the most unreal pictorial in that magazine. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, why can't I be Carmen Electra? I'm like, you know, <laughs> Carmen's pictorials were always sick. Oh, so amazing. They were so yeah. amazing. Yes. Like she is the most like photogenic, beautiful. Like she is like the epitome of just smoke show. And I remember back then too, like we used to see her in like the pussycat dolls and stuff when they were at the Roxy and she was yeah. so stunning in person as well. And not all the famous bombshells were. Like she really that, stood out I to me as somebody who that. like right. looked pussycat dolls. She amazing did in person. Yeah. Yeah. I totally was, forgot about that. That was such a cute show. And I, oh, I, I like that. so wished we could be in it. Like I was like, Oh, I want to be in that I show know. so bad. I totally so forgot fun. about that. All those fun times. We had so much fun in Vegas. Vegas was just, I, I feel like in 2004, I must've gone to Vegas 30 times. Maybe more. I think I bought two condos there. I don't know if I ever stayed in them once. I always made it to like the real world suite, never left. Yeah. The most fun. I mean, just the people. I don't know. My personal experience with Playboy, I feel like we met. You literally shoot, and then like nine months later, your issue would come out, or like a year later, like it was booked so far in advance. And so that part was. A little, you know, the anticipation, the anticipation of being nude in front of the whole world and, you know, uh, just just waiting for something that you feel like you've waited a lifetime for. So but the overall process, I feel like we knew ahead of time, but it just took a while for everybody else to find out. Yeah. Wait, what month were you again? Miss what? I was April of 2003 and then made the year of 04. Okay, so let's talk about the Playmate of the Year, the whole, that whole thing. So you oh, get so Playmate, fun. your issue comes out, and now you're competing against 12 girls for this coveted title of Playmate of the Year. How how was that experience? Was it catty? Was it supportive? Was it competitive? I feel like it was insane, first of all. And I feel like (laughs) it was incredibly competitive. I don't, I did not. In fact, I feel like you were the one that told me that I was going to get it because there were all these rumors going around the mansion and there was a problem. Um, 
with Playmate Promotions and myself, and they were really like petitioning for me to not get it. And so there was a little bit of drama on like an event that I worked and they did not want me to get Playmate of the Year. Just so people, listeners know, for Playmate of the Year, a lot of things they would take into consideration when choosing the Playmate. Hef always got final say on who got Playmate of the Year, but he would always take into consideration there would be a reader's poll every year. Like every January, they would repicture every Playmate from the previous year and be like, oh, hop on Playboy.com and vote for your favorite. So he would definitely take that into consideration if somebody won by a landslide. But also Playmate promotions would weigh in too because Playmates would be hired to work all kinds of promotional parties and things. And Hef always wanted to hire somebody that he thought would be good with the press. But then Playmate promotions would like petition for who they wanted too because they wanted the people who were like easiest to work with, quote unquote. But Carmela, just so you know, you won the reader's poll by a landslide that year. So it was just like, that's true. (laughs) It was scary because that's so, um, we talked about the reader's poll and, but there was just this big drama thing that happened at one of the events. And so, like you said, you're working as like an ambassador for the company, doing all of these different promotions, events, golf tournaments, nightclub events. And I don't know where I was. It was somewhere in the Midwest and they had some kind of contest on stage and the girls were like pulling up their skirts. And so it was like a hot ass contest. And I took offense to it because I felt like just because I posed for Playboy and I was in the magazine and I was nude in the magazine doesn't mean that I'm going to go shake my ass in front of these like disgusting guys. I mean, it was like a dirty, it was not a place that I really wanted to be. And I had kind of regretted taking the job and, you know, and the, the girls were really pushing me to, to do, to do it. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to shake my ass and pull up my skirt on stage here. It was, it was embarrassing. And, and so I said no. And so they went back and told Playmate Promotions that I was very difficult to work with oh and yeah, and they were really bent out of shape about it. And so I tried to go to Playmate Promotions and tell them what happened, but I did feel like I was you know, not heard. And so when I won the reader's poll, they went to have Playmate Promotions went to have and said that I just don't work well on these promotions and that I shouldn't get it. Ew. And I was super grateful that he overrode it and was like, nope, she's getting it. And that's what it was. And, um, but it, during the time I was like, I'm going to lose this because of this job. I mean, the, the political, the politics really play a role. In mm-hmm. this, you know, 100%. like you said, they, they were really pushing for, I don't even know who they were pushing for, you know? And then it's like, who's going out with half, who is kind of seen with the company as much like that all takes part in it as well. It's like, if you're somebody that's not going out to Barfly and doing all these events, I mean, you're probably not going to make, he wants, he wanted somebody that's, you know, involved in promoting Playboy in the name. And I felt like there were some girls that just shot and did their centerfold and then they were nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like I did my part in that way. Like I, I, I genuinely enjoyed going out. And for me, it was, I, during my early college years, I didn't go away to college. And, and for me, it was like a sorority house. Like I yeah. loved being there. Like I loved being with all of the girls. Like it was such an exciting time. And I feel like I developed so many friendships that are just so amazing. The other day I saw a photo that somebody had posted on Instagram and we were all on the red carpet for the AFI awards for George Lucas. 
Mm-hmm. And Destiny and I are holding hands and I literally started bawling. Oh, and I had a collar so and I was like, Oh my gosh, we've been holding hands since we were 20. Like literally. Aww. Like she held my hand on the red carpet at 20 years old. She held my hand at 39 when I fell apart. Like she's always been there. So these friendships that have come out of this are just, they're irreplaceable. They're so meaningful and so important to me. So I, I think that's the best part of all of this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's such a sweet story. Yeah. Okay. So she's still here. How <laughs> did you find out you got playmate of the year? Uh, I, I swear, Bridget, I feel like you told me that. I got- I, okay. Even <laughs> if I told you it was probably unofficial, but yeah. how did you find out like officially? Bridget unofficially told me because we were talking yeah. about all the drama and she was like, you were like, no, you're getting it. You're well, getting because it. you used to, not just you, but a lot of people, my room was the room to come and like hang out in. And I remember you coming in all the time and going, I need to vent about this thing. You would like tell us about all this drama that was going on or, or <laughs> things that were happening and stuff. So, um, but like, how did you officially find out? I'm trying to think if I can even recall like the official call, like, was it from half? I, I would assume it was probably from half. Um, it was, I re- I remember it was December because I was just about to get a puppy and then I found out and I was thinking, is this the best idea to be getting a puppy when I'm going to be traveling the world right now? And, um, mm-hmm. so I still did it. I still got the dog, but, but yeah, so I think it was December and it was half that called and told me, and it's, again, it's just such a surreal experience. Like, I'm like, is this really, really happening? Yeah. Um, we have to go into like the prizes involved. Cause I know a lot of the listeners are really interested in all that, but before I wanted to ask you, um, were you excited to get the bunny necklace? Was that like a thing for you or did you not care about the bunny necklace? I was excited to get the bunny necklace. I it's to me, it was, it was iconic and, and just a, a really cool thing to have that, you know, not, not everybody can have. And I was, I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, because I just know I was so excited to get my bunny necklace. Yes. Like I felt like it made me official. I was like, totally, that, yes. <laughs> yeah, it totally it does. It makes you official, and and it's just something. It it was such a I don't want to say a goal, but it's it it did. It just made it real. Yeah, you have to talk about your playmate of the year dress yeah. too, because it was so pretty. Oh my gosh, those were the days where they would drive. <laughs> um, we, I, I think, did I? Sh- I Pretty sure I shopped with you guys for the dress, right? I, I remember so. shopping with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. We went to and Barachi. I remember them being anti that we took you to Barachi. Oh, that's right. They were. They were upset that. And but I mean, they made the most stunning gowns. Like Barachi was the look. Like it. Yeah, I mean, they, it their, was. their crystals, everything. In fact, they made my wedding dress. I remember, I remember that. Oh, so pretty. Yeah, yes. I love your wedding dress. I still love your wedding dress. Like, I don't even feel like it's aged. Like, I I would wear that tomorrow. Well, I cut it up, so. Oh, no! I don't. I look back now, and I'm like, what was I thinking? I totally cut it up, and I used it for, like, baby bedding or something. But I'm like, how? The thing was, like, $20,000. I'm like, how did I cut up this dress? But it was the most, like beautiful gown I had ever owned and the playmate of the year same. it was so pretty and it was it was totally fitting it was pink and just completely blinged out and I just loved it yeah so I remember the night before your uh playmate of the year 
I don't even know if I should talk about this, but the night before your Playmate of the Year party, you were at the mansion, of course, as you you have to be because it's such an early morning the next day. But that night we were going out and we met you in the dining room and we gave you like a basket of like presents that we had gotten you for Playmate of the Year. Oh, I think it was a photo album, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like the custom sheets, the pink satin sheets. It's like... I made the year with a bunny head. <laughs> and, but the gifts aren't the thing, but I was so wanting you to come out with us that night because there was like drama going on in the house, like big time drama. And that mm-hmm. night shit hit the fan at the club. It did. Oh no. And did I go? Life. No, because you had to be up so early the next oh, morning. That's right. It was like a 5 a.m. wake up for like, oh, that's right. Hair and makeup and everything. Yeah, but I was just thinking, not that things would have been different if you were there, but I remember thinking that, oh, I wish Carmela was there. I wish you had been there that night. Oh, I would have probably been in jail. Like, I, <laughs> I probably would have been in jail. It's a good thing I wasn't there. I went there a few times. Yeah, um, well. So what happened? I can't remember. It was like the biggest explosion between like the Mean Girls and um, myself. And it just, life seems so normal. Like I would get up. I'd walk the grounds. It's like, you can eat whatever you want. You've got, you know, you can, it just, you know, you go tanning, you work out. You, it just seemed like a very normal situation, which I know outside looking in is probably the exact opposite of what it looks like, but it just was, it was comfortable. Oh, you talk about eating whatever you want and working out and tanning and all that kind of stuff. Talk a little bit about how you felt with all of that kind of stuff. Like, did you feel like you had to diet or exercise or look a certain way or do did you feel like really under the gun with that kind of thing yeah I had a a unique situation so in going out to LA and being so nervous I started to lose a lot of weight and it was between my playmate shoot and my playmate of the year and that was the other reason that it almost got pulled from me um I started to lose a lot of weight and it was just a product of being anxious I was anxious and you know, probably not sleeping much and traveling everywhere and just having a lot on my plate. And I, um, I lost some weight and Pat Lacey would have me fly out from Cleveland, get on a scale. And if I didn't make weight, um, I'd have to get on a scale naked. And if I didn't make weight, then they'd send me back home. So it was, yeah, I had to gain, I think like eight to 10 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was a little, little tricky for me. Okay, so talk about your Playmate of the Year um, prizes because a lot of people are really interested in like what they got and especially the cars and stuff. So you get $100,000. Yeah, $100,000, which was absolutely amazing. The bunny necklace, which I so looked forward to having. And then um, I got a Mazda. I can't remember what it was. It was like a little sports car and a uh, motorcycle. And I don't want to sound ungrateful, but I didn't, I'm not huge into sports cars and I I don't ride ride a motorcycle. So I ended up selling them back to the dealership and then buying what I, you know, something I was living in the snow at the time I was back and forth to Cleveland. So I, um, I bought something that was just more practical. That makes sense. Are there other prizes too that I'm not aware of? What else comes with it? So, um, just the, whole like you know working with playmate promotions you had the opportunity to just earn so much money at the time I mean I took advantage of it like I worked 
I traveled, I remember in 2004, six to 11 flights a week. I never hit under six. Whoa. I was sleeping on airplanes. I started working oh my for God. WWE at the time. And I was all over the place. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm only young once. I'm going to, you know, capitalize off of this. And I worked every single event that I could. That's amazing. Um, and then you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Holly and I already talked about this. You did not get a cover for your Playmate of the Year. Is that correct? Oh, I'm still upset. <laughs> I'm still upset to this day. I so I, I was on covers of like Playmate Review, but it's not the same, right? It's like the, to be on the cover of Playboy was like, it was so important to me. And I want to say there was like an editor change, maybe in New York. And that at the time, I think they got like the editor that was like a former Maxim editor. And so they changed the policy for maybe like four or five years. And they felt that Playmates, the Playmate of the Year should not grace the cover, that it should be a current celebrity. And so at the time, I think it was uh, Chris, who is it? Charisma Carpenter. Well, then let's talk about the WWE because so many people have questions about that. <laughs> so many people are writing in like, what is the Carmella WWE Divas? Let's talk about that. Tell I me everything. I want to redo. I want to redo. <laughs> how did that even come about? Did you have, were you, did you have aspirations to do um, no. wrestling? Same thing. It was an open call. It was an open call in some rando city. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go be a wrestler. <laughs> so I decided I was going to try out. Again, it was a process that was, that went, the actual competition didn't go quick because it was week after week, but I quickly went through the interview process. And I think because I was like the reigning playmate of the year, it stood out and they kind of, you know, utilized that during the show as well. And so um, for me, the experience was horrible. Like talk about competition. At least the girls with Playboy were nice. These girls were fucking brutal brutal oh, no. like they were so terrible it's like this is all at that point like most of that is scripted like everything that we do there it's like you go for a show eight hours before a show you're like you stick to your scripts like it's you know it's that's the way that it is they would carry it to the locker room i would walk in the locker room they were calling me a slut a skank like every nasty name that they could and it was i mean yeah they were so ruthless i remember there was a it was on tv one of the other girls competing like called you like really foul names and it was like mm -hmm. that's fucked up mm -hmm. like it's it not was. cool yeah it was fucked up they were so nasty and it was not scripted were there things that were scripted yes like i was kind of like like cast to, to play the villain so i mean mm -hmm. i said some nasty horrible things that were you know it was scripted but it just didn't stop when you got off the stage. Like you'd go back in the locker room and they're in there just like talking shit to you, talking shit about you. And I'm like, this is just not like, it's, it's not right. And I think it got to a point where I was just like, Hey, like I'm good. Like I'm working with playboy. Like I don't, I don't need this. And I, I, I think at that point they probably had a talk with some of the girls, but I remember one that owned a modeling agency in LA. She was awful. Like she was uh. not a nice person at all. She was terrible, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of like I don't watch wrestling now, but I feel like that kind of stuff wouldn't fly today just because like some of the stuff they were saying, it was like just really like slut shamey, like totally. women hating stuff. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, they said every nasty name that they could call me. 
And it was so awkward too, because you're walking in this locker room and they're all talking about you and you're walking in and you hear it all. And it's like, well, what am I supposed to say? It's like one against like 12 people. It was the most uncomfortable, just uneasy. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't need this. Like I didn't need the money at that point. Um, but I, I wanted to be, uh, you know, I wanted to work. And even after I wanted to continue working for WWE, because once the contest portion was done, then it was, I mean, it was fun. And I liked, I actually liked the winner. The winner was nice. It was Christy Hemi. Um, she was great, but the rest of them were awful. And the only time that any of them were nice was when it got down to like the final three and they didn't have their like backup bitches like with them. On yeah. The side, you know, they weren't pro. I mean, I'm very much like, I'm not a hater. Like, you know, there's room for all of us at the finish line. And I love my girlfriends and, it's like you stick up for your girlfriends, you know, you don't go against them like that. It was just, it was really, it was high school shit. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of what Bridget and I went through with the mean girls. It's like, there would be nights we would go out and those girls would just say rude, mean things about us, but they'd say it just enough under their breath. So like Hef couldn't hear, but like, we can't do anything about it. Cause if we like react, Hef is going to be like, Whoa, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was such a, hard thing to navigate. Yeah. It's tough when people, and it's like, what happened to you? Like as a kid to make you like that, you know, like what, mm -hmm. who did what to you? Like they, I mean, to be that level of nasty, it just, there's no reason for it. Yeah. I don't even think it's necessarily anything that happened to them as a kid. I just think that there's something out there that makes women very competitive against each other. And it's one of the things that I liked about Playboy, the, even before I even went there and, and after the mean girl era, not during the mean girl era, but I like that. It seems so, um, positive and, and I felt like the girls were there for each other and there's a lot of friendships there that are still there. Right. And I think it taught us as young women, how to like be a good friend, you know? And, and it, it I, I feel like I learned so much from that and I'm so appreciative to have that experience because we were so supportive of each other. And I feel like that carried through in life. And that's how I am today with the girlfriends that I have. It's like, I don't have a ton, but the ones that I do have, it's, they're great friends and you, you take care of your friendships and that's what you do. You support each other. You're there for, you know, you're there for each other through thick and thin. And that's how it should be. You know, I just don't understand. I've never been jealous in the way, have I been jealous in life? Of course. Like, Oh, it's like, I wish, I could be Carmen Electra in, in that photo shoot because she's like stunningly beautiful. I'm not jealous in a, in a mean way. And it's, there's, there are too many people that are like that. And it just doesn't, why it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think our show in a lot of ways tried to play that, like, especially with me, they tried to make it look like I was jealous of the playmates and that kind of thing. But like you just said, it's exactly that. I'm not jealous of the playmates. I'm happy for them. I'm happy mm -hmm. what they got and what they're, and I'm supportive of all that and everything. I just want to do it too. Right. I want to right. be there too. Happy and thankful that you guys were able to come out. We had such a fun time. Well, it that was, was such so a fun. major feat for us to be able to do that, for Hef to allow us to do that. It really was. It really they didn't, was. He didn't let us go to Tiffany's wedding. I remember. I totally remember we that. Were I didn't think yeah. that he was going to let you guys go to mine. And I was so happy that you were able to make it. We had I it was like so fun time dancing. It was so much fun. We went with Sarah, the makeup artist, and we were all staying in a room together. And we got really drunk. And in the middle of the night, we thought it would be so funny to call the concierge and ask for a tambourine. <laughs> just to see if they could come up with one. And did they, Bridget? I don't remember. I feel like they did. Am I, I crazy? Feel like 
Either that, either I have like a reconstructed drunk memory, but I feel like we got the tambourine. Because I remember us jumping on the beds and like, yeah, with the tambourine, (laughs) dancing around. And then, and then somebody came and got us with a golf cart and said, no, you guys, Carmela wants you back at the wedding right now. So we came back to the reception in our pajamas. Oh my gosh, you did come in your pajamas. I totally remember that. You came in your pajamas. Well, not initially, not, not no, initially. Back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We came back in our pajamas and finished out the rest of the reception. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was and literally, it was a blast. I don't think I ate a thing. I was so drunk. It was such a blast. It was so fun. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun. Do you still talk to a lot of the playmates? Not a bunch, but, um, but some, yes. Destiny and I are super, super close. She's to this day, one of my best friends and, but yeah, I talked to, um, I exchanged messages with Jenny Walcott a couple days ago, um, just kind of random, you know, Christmas cards. and Yeah. Do you, do you talk to any of the staff at all? No, I haven't talked to the staff in years, but that is, I was, I loved hanging with them. And I know that was like the one rule. It's like they, we were not allowed or they were not allowed to fraternize with us, but I would sneak down like every night and hang with them at like one o'clock in the morning, I would sneak down and I would hang with them because it still, it made me feel close to home. Like they were so yes. normal and so just down to earth. And it just, it made me feel not so homesick. And so I, I loved hanging with them. Yeah. I totally know what you mean about that. What, um, what do you think is the last mansion party you went to? When was it? So the last one that I went to was not that long ago. Um, I want to say like six, seven years ago, they threw one, but it was not the same. Um, it had to be a mid Wait, was it? Okay. I, w- I think I went to that one that Cooper threw. I think it was. And it just was not at all like what a mansion party was. It was, it, yeah. I, you could just tell at that point, Playboy had, has just had changed so much, so much. I mean, during the early 2000s, Playboy was everything like it was anybody, anyone who everyone who was anyone wanted to be at the Playboy mansion. Like if you, I'm sure you remember his 80th, like it was like Donald Trump, Anna Nicole. I mean, everyone was there. It was the look. Everybody wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to be in the magazine. They wanted to be at the parties. Like it was Playboy was everything at that point. And then I don't know at what point things started like to fall apart, but then just like the wheels fell off. Like when was that? I think I know. I will actually, I do know exactly when things fell off with the parties. Like I never went to any of the later ones. So I know it probably wound down even more from there, but I know when it happened, it was late 2008 because when we were still all living there, me, Bridget and Kendra, you know, the midsummer night's dream in 2008 was amazing. And then I told Hef I was moving out, but I moved down to bedroom five to stay there while I was just finishing scenes for Girls Next Door. And Bridget had left to go shoot her beaches show and Kendra was leaving. But we all went to the Halloween party that year, Halloween 2008. And I thought, oh my God, this is going to be fun. This is going to be, I'm going to get to go back to a mansion party because I'd been to them before I was a girlfriend, but it'd been so long. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go to a mansion party and get to run around and I get to see everybody. I'm not just sitting at the table with Hef. 
So I thought it would be fun, but I quickly realized not at all because everybody all of a sudden had a cell phone with a camera. Cause back when I started going to parties, nobody had cameras right. on their phones and you weren't allowed to bring a camera. They were confiscated and you were kicked out if you were caught taking a picture. So it was so private celebrities wanted to come, right. but now the privacy is gone. And I think that was the first party they started selling tickets to Hep's parties. Oh, so it was, cool. so there were cabanas set up that people were like renting out. It wasn't just his exclusive guest list anymore. So that was the party where everything went downhill. And I remember walking around at that party. I couldn't go two steps without people asking for a picture. It was miserable. And I thought I never need to come to one of these parties again. Things have changed. I now I totally remember that because I feel like I went to that party and it was so odd for me because to see you not with half, like to see you, mm-hmm. it's just like being yourself, like at a party and you know, it was just completely separated, but yeah, you're right. They started selling tickets and it, it, I mean, it used to be so difficult to get in, even for girls. Like, I mean, half yeah. of the week, I had to submit pictures. If I brought girlfriends, which I commonly did from Ohio, mm-hmm. I had to submit full body photos of them and they had to, and he went through each and every photo and approved, you know, the girls. And so I do remember when they started selling tickets and it just became so, you know, you're right, not private at that point. And it was so crowded. I remember I was with like Sarah Underwood and Brittany Binger and we couldn't walk two steps without getting separated. It was so fucking crowded. Yeah, that sucks. Did you go to the mansion at all after we left? Um, I feel like that was the last party that I went to. So it might've been like, not the one that Holly was at, but I feel like the last one that I went to, I feel like you were gone by that point. So it was only like, I don't know, maybe like six years ago. Yeah. No, but I mean, did you like, um, hang out at the mansion after we were gone? Uh, no, I like go to dinner. I was, you know, I was married. I started having babies right away and I was kind of life had changed. I mean, dramatically. Talk about one change from coming from Ohio, landing at LAX, having this whole life at the Playboy Mansion, and then completely traveling six to 11 flights a week. And then just boom, it was all done. I settled down, got married, had a bunch of kids. I mean, (laughs) just, I'm I'm like an all or nothing person. It just (laughs) goes from one extreme to the next. (laughs) Yeah. That's a full life. I love it. I know. I do too. Do you miss the mansion? I, do I miss it? Uh, yeah, I do. I miss it. Um, I miss sometimes I feel like I've lost my identity and I'm sure like Holly, I'm sure you can relate. It's like you, when I was younger, I was selfish, you know, I was selfish, mm-hmm. but I was fun and I just, I had a blast and it's like you become a mom and you have to become selfless and yeah. I feel like I live my life for everybody else. Like I'm constantly taking care of everybody, which I love. I'm not complaining mm-hmm. about it. I absolutely love it, but I'm always trying to fix a problem. You know, it's like, yeah, that's my mission every day. And so when the kids were little, I feel like I completely, I went from this like bombshell playmate living the life to just like diapers and bottles and throw up. And like, I just, I completely lost myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once the kids got to like kindergarten, the, the last one went to kindergarten. I, I had to go back to work because I'm like, I need to be somebody other than mom for a second. And I need to talk to adults. And I felt like yeah. I needed that healthy balance. I love my kids more than life. I would do anything for them. But even though I'm so busy with them, I still 
keep a job and keep myself busy because I have to remember who Carmela is. And, and that's good for your kids yeah, too. It's good the for them. The it's a really, yeah. really good balance. But of course I miss, I miss the mansion. I miss the parties. I miss being able to see my girlfriends. I mean, I'll pop in, you know, I'll meet destiny for an hour or whatever. And then I'm like, I got to run to a kid's football game or whatever. So it's like, mm-hmm. we do it, but it's short stints. And so I probably need to do more of that. What are, um, what about Hef? Do you miss Hef? Um, I didn't have a super close relationship with him. I was grateful to him for not getting impatient with me and not just saying, forget you. I was grateful that he gave me the opportunity and was patient while I was indecisive. So for that, I am forever grateful because I wouldn't have had all the opportunities or that I had or probably be where I am today. So, but I didn't have a close personal relationship with him. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much it on that front. <laughs> yeah. You weren't, were, I don't know if how many playmates were invited to his funeral, if any, but were you I invited? Not. I was not. Yeah. We just weren't close in that way. We, um, like I said, he was always very kind to me. He was always very patient. Um, but I kind of wasn't so much. My time spent there was more with the girls. Yeah, that's the best time. Yeah, it's the best. I know. I'm like, that's where it was anyway. <laughs> the best part of the mansion. Yeah. I'm not, like I said, I'm, I'm forever grateful for the opportunity because I know that I wouldn't have gotten to experience so many things. So I mm-hmm. am really grateful. But yeah, we just didn't have a close relationship like that. Well, what would you say was your best memory at the mansion or best experience? Hands down, the Playmate of the Year luncheon and party Mm -hmm. to be able to have a day. There's not another day ever. That's all about you. It's like you get married and your wedding is like, it becomes about everybody else. Like it's a drama fest and everything that goes with that. Right. And it's a lot of work. You have your kids and it's now becomes about your children. It's, it's, it was one day that was completely about me and it was so amazing, surreal, it was, it was everything. I mean, the luncheon, I, it, it's so stunningly beautiful, the production, the setup, and then they have these huge blown up pictures. It was such an honor. I was so honored to be a part of Playboy and the magazine and all of it. And, and just to meet so many wonderful people along the way. I mean, I just received so many gifts that, were so incredible. So that day was, was awesome. And then the party that night, the on sunset over it, I think it was at sky bar. It was so rad. Like we had so much fun and to walk in there and feel like, so, like I'm playmate of the year. I remember Cuba Gooding jr. Coming up to me at that party and being like, Hey, I like your work. And I'm like, did Cuba Gooding jr. Just tell me he likes my work. I'm like here. He's like, I love that. like superstar. And it just, it felt so incredible. That's amazing. I just had a um, picture in my head and I just remembered, um, and Holly and I have talked about this before, but after the parties, we used to have to go up when Hef wanted to go up. So it was usually kind of early in the party days. Yeah. And then we would get in our pajamas and we'd stand on the balcony by my bedroom and we would like yell down to everybody. Aww. And I remember you came up and joined us before and we would like, we'd see all these drunk people like trying to leave and we would be like yelling <laughs> at them and be like, Tiffany, Tiffany. And they don't know where it's coming from. So they're like looking around and we're laughing. so much fun so much fun I love coming up and just hanging with you guys to me my most favorite part 
were the friendships, just meeting, meeting girls and having the most amazing friendships. And it just was so much fun. Like I literally felt so loved and just, we had the best of times, even just chilling in the rooms. Like we had such a fun time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I miss um, it. Like we need our girl time. I know. Well, I we'll know. all go do something yes. now. We'll, we'll go do something. We'll get Destiny and we'll all go do. But um, one other thing I was thinking after the WWE, uh, I know this is going back. Sorry, but I just had this thought after the WWE, it was like a contest, right? Right. And then after that, did you just like not do anything anymore or how? No, I did a lot out? of, I was still doing a lot of promotions at that point and still doing some print work. Um, I did the, in 2007, I did the calendar cover for Maxim and then I would do all the promotions for that. So I would get booked on like, you know, all of like the nightclub events. I still did a lot in Vegas. I worked, um, at Caesars palace. I did the print campaign for pure nightclub. So I was doing all their billboards and like all their, you know, the magazine, like nine, four, four and all the, just the ads and stuff. So I was still doing a lot of you know, print for, for companies in Vegas and for Maxim. And I think I did a cover for OIE. I did a cover for fitness RX. So I did a lot of just a lot of print and, and it was a whirlwind. I mean, it's, I look back and it's like, it feels like another lifetime. Yeah. I was just curious because I wanted to make sure we covered that fully because I know I just saw so many people asking questions about the WWE and I felt like I remember her doing it, but I just don't really remember Remember yeah, how that tough, went down or what it all was. It was tough. And I wish that I would have continued to work for them because I do love the company. Like I did like working for them. I just didn't like how aggressive the contest was. But even after that, I, you know, I, there was a guy that I met up at the mansion who was kind of like an agent. Right. And it really, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to, it really kind of screwed me up with WWE because Um, even though I was the runner up, they offered me a contract. And so here I have this like big name agent that's, you know, coming up to the Playboy mansion. He was a friend of Hef's and he was like, Oh, I'll represent you. And I was like honored to be represented by this guy. Well, he started having conversation with WWE and was asking for like triple the contract that they were offering me. And they were at that point, just like, see you later, like done. Like we're not dealing with this. Like, it was very um, just like prima donna and they, they didn't want to deal with it. And for them, I mean, pretty girls are a dime a dozen, just like Playboy, you know? And um, so they were just on to the next. And so I was always super disappointed because I really did like the company and I loved working for them, just not the competition part. So I kind of feel like that was where one thing that didn't go in my favor because Without that, I do think I would have signed and continued working with them. But this guy was like such a hard ass and was like, no, no, she's the current playmate of the year. It's going to be, you know, this amount of money. And they were just like, see you later. So I, I feel like he really burned the bridge for me there. But that sucks. it all, you know, everything happens for a reason. And yeah, yeah, for sure. But I did like working with them. Um, what would you say is like the weirdest memory you have or like, the most WTF. <laughs> I think it was that night where the girls were fighting. Oh, you know why I didn't remember the story when you first told it is when you said going at it. I thought you meant like fucking in the club. No, they were like, 
that's why I was like, wait, I don't remember that. I just must have been tuned out. No, they were them. so fighting. Literally, I think one of them hit each other. I remember that now with bopping the heads together. Yeah, and then half comes up yeah. like this, and he was like, put their heads together, and I'm like, what is going on here? TMZ is going to get this. Like, we're going to be on TMZ in a second. Like, there's a red rope here. Like, you can't do that. There's a red rope. There's a red rope. Well, one of those girls. Disposable camera thing. Yeah. One of those girls would kind of get violent with the other girls sometimes. I think or they at least, hit like, each other. Hands like, on. In front yeah. of all, and I'm not kidding. All these people are staring at us. And one of them like hit each other. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, I thought the two of them were friends and Heff was so so angry. I mean, he just like put their heads together and like the look on his face, he was like, and I'm like, I got to get out of here. He, he should have got rid of them that day. Oh, they, and I <laughs> would've, think it would have saved us a lot of trouble. I think he sent them packing like quickly after that. Like I, I, I think the next morning, either one or both might have moved out. I don't know. For totally. sure. Anything else that I missed Holly? I don't think so. This is Carmela. This is such a good episode. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much for coming. I'm on. so grateful yeah. to come on. This was so much fun and so good to reconnect. I, I think it's been almost 20 years. It's been way, way, way too long. Yeah. Way too Wait, long. It can't be 20 years because that was before we even started doing the show. Well, I'm thinking Oh, four was my playmate of the year year. So what are we 22? So 18 since I've been up there, like maybe. Seven. Well, you know what? It was 2002 when they did. Who wants to be a playboy yeah. playmate? Yeah, I think the last yeah, yeah. Time was, oh, years. was like 05 when you guys were there, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, 20 years that since we like first met you, but like not since we last saw you. Yeah, since I've seen you, maybe 15. Yeah. 15 years. Way Somewhere in long. there, yeah. We need to do something fun, like really fun. We need to get Yeah, yeah. we got to find a day where we can all get together. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank yeah, you, ladies. Great. It's great. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much, this is Good so to amazing. see you. Awesome. We'll catch up soon. Okay, bye. Bye. For more content, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel.